Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. A hard question the Joe Biden campaign should actually pay attention to. More police violence, rioting, looting after another shooting. And finally, I think I've changed my mind on the importance of dance. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right.
It's hard to describe presidential politics and what wins and what doesn't. I have my own theories. Now, granted, mine are probably right, but you have your own theories. Everyone has their thing. You know, do you have to stand for this issue? Do you have to stand for that issue? Is it a personality contest? Is it all about the kind of campaign you run? I mean, nuts and bolts type things. Get out the vote efforts, TV ads, fundraising. Probably a little of all of those things. But one thing I do know, and I do know this in all seriousness, you have to be something to be president. What I mean by that is your campaign itself has to be easily definable for people. It has to be something. It can't just be you there. Joe Biden and the Democrats, that is the biggest hurdle they face between here and November. here's, Here's Donald Trump talking about the DNC. But over the last week, the Democrats held the darkest and angriest and gloomiest convention in American history. They spent four straight days attacking America as racist and a horrible country that must be redeemed. Joe Biden grimly declared a season of American darkness. And yet, look at what we've accomplished until the plague came in. Look at what we've accomplished. And now we're doing it again. But the biggest part of last night's speech was what Joe Biden didn't talk about. He didn't talk about law enforcement. He didn't talk about bringing safety to Democrat-run cities that are totally out of control and they have no clue. China was never mentioned in any way, shape, or form. Now, I normally don't let anybody, including the President of the United States, handle a minute long of my monologue, but I wanted you to hear that because he's right. He's 100% right. One, you heard in one minute there, you already heard what Donald Trump is about. He was easy to define last time. You knew what it was about, right? Make America great again. We're going to protect the border. We're going to work on trade. We're going to celebrate veterans. We're going to do the... It was, whether you agree or disagree with the message, Donald Trump was easy to define. The Democrat convention just wrapped, wrapped up. Days and days of it. You saw all the highlights here on the show. And nobody knows what it was about. It was one long complaint session. You can get somewhere with that. You're not getting to the Oval Office with that. And you're definitely not getting to the Oval Office with that if people are scared. And right now, when I'm out and about, because I don't hang with political people. I don't live in Washington, D.C. I live in Texas. I hang with normal people. As soon as I'm done wowing you on the airwaves every single night, I go and I hang out with normal people. They are scared. They are uncertain of what this future is going to bring. And you will choose somebody you disagree with who stands for something over nothing, over a guy who's just there when you're scared. You will. It's just a fact of human nature. And it's not that I want Joe Biden to win the presidency. I mean, I hope he doesn't take this advice. I'm sure he won't. But he is never going to be president of the United States of America if nobody can tell you what his campaign is about. And if they can't tell you that after a four-day convention, I don't think that's going to change over the next couple months to the election. Now, Trump laid out his second-term agenda. Quote, Building on the incredible achievements of President Donald J. Trump's first term in office, the president's re-election campaign today released a set core of priorities for a second term under the banner of Fighting for You. 
President Trump's boundless optimism and certainty in America's greatness is reflected in his second-term goals and stands in stark contrast to the gloomy vision of America projected by Joe Biden and the Democrats. And he's 100% right. And again, the entire election will be about Trump. It'll be easy to define. Joe Biden is in trouble. Good, but Joe Biden's in trouble. Now, Trump had more to say on China. Okay, well, look back for the last three and a half years. I'm the only one that ever took on China. And you saw the intelligence reports where they say China is working hard to get Joe Biden elected. If he gets elected, China will own our country. There's been no country that's ripped us off more than China. And by the way, the European Union is no beauty either, okay? They treat us terribly, too. But there's been no country that has ripped us off like China for many, many years, for decades. That's right. That's right. And... For one of the first times in my life, people, the American people, care about what's going on overseas. And that's what I mean by this. This is what I mean by that. Americans don't generally care about foreign affairs. And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm, I'm just as guilty. Unless I'm doing a, a history preparation for my radio show, I don't read that much about overseas news. You care about what's closest to you. I care about what's closest to me. Even in a new conflict in the Middle East. And most Americans are like, oh, that's, that kind of sucks. Anyway, what do you want for dinner tonight? It's just the way it is. Oh, look, there's a, and I know this is ugly. I'm not saying it's right, but, oh, there's a, there's famine in Africa. Oh, that sucks. Let's, let's send some money. People shrug their shoulders. Oh, it's business as usual overseas. They don't actually care. And they definitely don't care as much as they act like they care. They do care about China now. And they care about China because China came here. And the more we're having our eyes opened by how much China is invested in this country and in control of things in this country, people are getting upset. Coronavirus might actually end up hurting the Chinese worse than they thought. Yes, they sent it here. Oh, yeah, they, they're putting sick people on planes and shipping them off to America. They sent it here. It's their fault, 100% their fault. But now that we started looking a little harder at China and the Trump administration st started digging in more on the Chinese activity here locally, the American people are finally talking about it. People I know, again, the non-political people, they bring up China to me more and more. And the reason I bring all this up is back to Joe Biden. What's Joe Biden's stance on China? Do you even know? The few things we've heard from Joe Biden on China are not, not good and not in touch with the feelings of the American people right now. He's talking about, well, let's be nicer. Well, that's not a winning campaign message. That's not, that's not going to gain popular support. This is part of the problem Democrats face. This China example in Biden is a perfect, perfect example of this. Granted, it's nice if you're a Democrat and you have all of Hollywood in your pocket. You have all the music industry in your pocket. You have the entire education system in your pocket. And probably most importantly, you have the entire American media in your pocket. You know that. And that's an advantage. You'd rather be them than us. You could, they'll, they'll carry water for Democrats all day and crush Republicans. It is an advantage. But there is a disadvantage to it. If you have all those entities in your pocket, then what happens is you are constantly being told only the things you want to hear instead of being told the truth. 
You saw it with the protests, the Black Lives Matter protests. Democrats just spent their convention still going all in on this. Cops are the enemy. Cops suck. Cops, we need reparations. I mean, all these insane, defund the police. And if you're a Democrat and you say that, and all the media news shows are telling you how smart you are, you got Hollywood celebrities telling you how smart you are, professional athletes chirping in your ear, oh, that's good, that's good. Yeah, cops suck. Everyone hates cops. But everyone doesn't. You see, you can get trapped in your own bubble, the bubble of your creation, when the left controls all of the culture as they do. And that's what we're seeing. Peter Navarro had this to say. He was 100% right, too. That smooth thing you see is those are jobs going offshore smoothly uh, to China. But, but Maria, this, this whole election setting up both in China and with the DNC as, as a battle between a nice guy and a tough guy. And, and we like that matchup because I think the people of America will always choose a tough guy in the White House over a nice guy because they know the world's a dangerous place. And this brings up another excellent point. It's the same problem Hillary had. Joe Biden, I believe, this is just me guessing, I believe Joe Biden is more well-liked by, by a higher percentage of the American people. If you had to pick somebody to sit in a room with for five minutes, don't get me wrong, I'd pick Trump. But I think if you had to poll the American people on well-liked, they'd probably pick Biden. But his physical and mental, mental capabilities are not inspiring confidence in a time of fear. Donald Trump, still sharp as a tack. Donald Trump, still out there doing all the things you have to do while Joe Biden hides in his basement. During a time of fear that we're in right now, people are not going to vote for the guy they think can't really function as an adult on this planet. It's going to be a problem for Joe Biden because guess what's coming? I realized Joe Biden got, uh, they said, now this is just the rumor, Bill, they said they had a whole medical team come in to get Joe Biden prepped up for his 24-minute speech he gave at the DNC. That's not going to work for an hour or two at debate time. Three times Joe Biden has to debate in person. And you know my thoughts on that. I don't think he will, because I don't think he can. But he has to, or the American people are never going to vote for Joe Biden. He has the ultimate out. I know he said he's going to debate, and he's going to stand up and say, all right, I'm ready to go for the debate. Oh, it's that? <laughs> oh, I got a little cough. Must be coronavirus. Anyway, I can't go. He's going to use the coronavirus excuse. But the American people are already a little bit wary of Joe Biden's abilities. They're going to have to see that man on stage opposite Donald Trump, and they're going to want to see him sharp as a tack. Wherever he stands on the issues, they want to see him sharp. And Joe Biden can't do sharp. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Speaking of China, you need to stop buying stuff made in China. I, I do, too. And I, I avoid it at all costs now. But just, I think it was last week, went out, bought a shirt, needed something really quick, got home, made in China. We have to stop funding the enemy of the United States of America. And why wouldn't we buy American-made? Why wouldn't you buy a Vault Pro USA safe? Not only is it American-made, it gets you a lifetime warranty. It's made better because it's made right here in the U.S. of A by Americans. And we're talking storm shelters. 
walk-in vaults, vault doors, gun safes. They have all these awesome stock items and they customize. I'm talking gun racks, shelves, more customization options than I could ever list for you on this show. This is also a veteran-owned company. Vault Pro USA, go check out what they have. And while you go to vaultprousa.com slash jesse, that's vaultprousa.com slash jesse. While you go there, make sure you enter to win the free handgun safe. I already won one. Well, I should say I already own one. I didn't win it. Don't forget to use the promo code THEFIRSTTV. That's the first TV. We'll be back. Riots and looting. I know you're going to find this shocking, but we have riots and we have looting going on right now. In case you are not up to date on what happened, I'm about to show you most of the video that's out there about the shooting of Jacob Blake. I am not showing you the entire video. I have cut it off right before he's shot. Look, it's everywhere online if you want to go see it. Just I know a lot of you watch this show with your kids. I will always make sure it's a show you can watch with your kids. And I didn't think you needed to see that. This is what took place in Wisconsin. He was shot right after that, seven times after he grabbed the handle of that car he was walking up to and reached inside. I don't know details. You probably don't know details. In my word, if you watch the news, you probably will only get false details. I don't know any of that. I'm not going into any of that. But I do know this, and this is the only thing I know right now. You should love your children enough to teach your children to comply with police officers' orders. Now, notice what I didn't say there. I didn't say the cops are always right. I, I would never say anything like that. You know I'm, always, I'm, I'm generally on the side of the cops, but of course there are bad cops out there who do stupid things, bad things, evil things. I'm not naive. I know how the world works. I didn't say that. I said you should teach your child to comply with a police officer's orders. For the same reason you teach your child how to safely cross the road, don't you? You teach your child to look both ways? You teach your child to pay attention? Of course you do. Why? Because you want them to stay alive. If you constantly drumbeat into your child's head his entire life that cops are the enemy, cops are evil, cops are the enemy, cops are evil, you are partially responsible if something terrible like that happens one day. How is this controversial? How is this something that is not spread all throughout society? Comply with a police officer. When there are multiple officers standing there pointing weapons at you, do not walk up to your vehicle, disobey their orders, and reach inside. They're going to shoot you 100% of the time. Don't get shot by the cops. Do as you're told. And if they are wrong, and again, I can't stress this enough, sometimes they are wrong. If they are wrong, lawyer up, fight it in court. Do not fight it in the street because you're going to lose. How is this concept so foreign to so many people? One thing we can all universally agree on is I don't want anybody shot down in the street. You don't either. 
But this is going to keep happening if people decide the cops are the enemy and I have to fight them. That doesn't work. It will never work. You're going to get shot. Comply with police officers. That's all I'm going to say about that shooting right now because it's so fresh. We don't have all the information. Already people are putting information out about the shooter, what was in the car, what wasn't in the car, the, the, or the, the, not the shooter, the, the Jacob Blake, his past. It's a, I'm not getting into any of that. I don't care. I just want to put out that simple PSA right now. Comply with police officers so you don't get shot. Period. And of course, because this is the environment we live in now, Wisconsin's burning. They're setting alight used car dealerships. I saw garbage trucks on fire. And violence is breaking out. And violence is breaking out against police because we have set this horrible and wrong narrative in this country that cops are the enemy and cops are the problem and it's every time every time there's an encounter with a black man it's the cops fault and it's racially motivated i don't agree with that you probably don't agree with that but there are enough people in this country who do agree with that and enough media outlets who push that narrative that that's cemented in people's minds now So now every time one of these things happen, people don't wait for details. They don't wait for information. They wait for one internet video from the balcony and it's out to riot, baby. And they're getting more violent. They're getting more aggressive. People aren't talking about it because the news media would never talk about this. But over the past couple months, you realize cops across the United States of America have been violently attacked and killed. You realize that's happening here in the country and this i'm about to show you is what happened to a police officer in the riots in wisconsin after that shooting just a little psa now this is a quick little video no blood or anything like that but this is a bitter pill to swallow but i want you to see what police officers go through in this country and you tell me if they're the bad guys throwing a brick at the head of a police officer (sighs) we have lost our minds and all these people now all these people are emboldened because every time they turn on the news they hear about how evil and racist america is how evil and racist the cops are cops are the bad guy cops are the bad guy and this is how they're being raised it's a fact and speaking of politicians and and pushing false narratives out there. Here's Wisconsin's governor, Tony Evers. Quote, Tonight, Jacob Blake was shot in the back multiple times in broad daylight in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kathy and I joined his family, friends, and neighbors in hoping earnestly that he will not succumb to his injuries. While we do not have all the details yet, what we know for certain is that he is not the first black man or person to have been shot or injured or mercilessly killed at the hands of individuals and law enforcement in our state or country. What a scumbag. We don't have all the details yet, but he was mercilessly killed. 
you don't know any of that right now. We don't know. He may have been reaching in that car for a machine gun. We don't know any of that yet. How irresponsible. And this isn't some 15-year-old nerd on Facebook. This is the governor of the state of Wisconsin. At the highest levels, people are pushing this crap out there, and it's getting people killed. All right, we're walking away from that. I just had to briefly briefly give you a little PSA there. I think that was supposed to be about one minute. I ended up, I ended up getting a little fired up. One more thing on Joe Biden before we move on to everything else tonight. He said something that's been grinding on me. He's not the first one to say it. Obama said it all the time. Democrats love this line. But here. I will raise taxes for anybody making over $400,000. Let me tell you why I'm going to do it. It's about time they start paying a fair share of the economic responsibility we have. The very wealthy should pay a fair share. Corporations should pay a fair share. The fact is there are corporations making close to a trillion dollars to pay no tax at all. I'm not punishing anybody. This is about everybody paying their fair share. Fair share. The wealthy people pay most of the taxes in the country. Look, you may be wealthy, you may not be wealthy, but they already pay more than their fair share. But more than that, we're not getting into all the policy details of it. This is a word, fair, that needs to be taken out back and shot in this country. There is no fair. Stop pushing this concept of fairness. My kids aren't allowed to use that word in my home. You will never hear, that's not fair. Because life is not fair. It's not now. It hasn't ever been. It never will be. And the people who push this concept of fairness are always pushing it only for their own power. That's not fair. You're not being treated fairly. Unfair, that's unfair. Don't ever use that word. Ugh, I can't stand Democrats. All right. You know what the deficit is going to be this year? They're already projecting it's going to be over $4 trillion with a T. The feds are printing money like it's going out of style. I had a chance this weekend to spend it with a bunch of guys who had a lot more money than I did. And we were talking about you know stock markets and things like that. And to a man, they all thought we were in the middle of a big bubble that was getting ready to pop. We are crumbling the foundations of our economy with 50 million people unemployed, and yet the stock market's really high. How do you think that story ends? I know how it ends. Diversify. Get a gold IRA from Gold Alliance. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Go diversify. Gold has had value for, well, ever. Make sure your retirement that you worked hard for stays there. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Joining me now, Brandon Weikert. He's the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. He's also a writer for The American Spectator and American Greatness. And he's a man who thought he was going to try to show me up today by wearing a fancier suit jacket than I am. Brandon, where do you get off with that? <laughs> well, I never know if I should wear a jacket or not, but I figured I won't do the Jim Jordan look today. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, it's a very fancy, very high-class show because I'm here. So, obviously, you really have to step up your game. It's very, it's a high-class affair. Absolutely. <laughs> Brandon. Thanks for having me. You bet, buddy. You bet. Now, we've talked before about China and their space program, about how ours is better, China's gaining rapidly. But every, every time I turn on the TV or see a headline, Russia is doing something. And I feel like China has taken over so many of the headlines. We never focus on Russia at all. Militarily and space-wise, where are they? Well, technically, they're number two compared to our number one, because basically throughout the 1990s, we built up their space program because we were worried about all of that knowledge and technology going into the hands of ballistic missile programs for North Korea, Iran, and at the time, Saddam Hussein's Iraq. So we basically gave them technology and money to stay competitive uh, with the belief that they would be our buddies. And of course, now they have, they're basically the Walmart of space rockets. They can build out and launch uh, uh, rockets very cheaply compared to us. SpaceX in particular is starting to compete with them, but until Elon Musk came along, uh, it was very expensive for the United States to launch rockets uh, into space with satellites and whatnot, which is why we came to rely on the Russian-built RD-180 engine to launch our classified military satellites into orbit until about two or three years ago. So the Russians technically are number two, but the Chinese are catching up. Uh, the, I would say the Chinese program is more dynamic than the Russian program, uh, which is why I'm always harping on about them. But you're right, Russia is a huge threat. In fact, they're launching co-orbital satellites, which are these tiny satellites with claws on them to go behind our sensitive satellites and at the drop of a dime, uh, pushed our satellites out of orbit, which would then render our military on the Earth uh, deaf, dumb, and blind, and would allow for the Russians to overrun potentially Eastern Europe uh, or some other target, and we would have very difficulty uh, uh, defending those targets. Brandon, I just, I, I just, I need you to clarify this for me. We boosted Russia's technology, and we boosted it up to such a place that now we are buying Russia's technology from them. Who? is responsible we were, for that, we if were. I got that now, right. Yeah, so we were buying, uh, in 2014, this was one of the big John McCain initiatives was to try to stop the purchase of Russian-built RD-180 engines. And so beginning in 2014, we started to wean ourselves off of that technology, which is why we're now depending so heavily on um, the Elon Musk, SpaceX, uh, uh, American-based launches. Uh, but until 2014, from the 1990s until that point, we were, uh, for, for the military satellite domain, we were basically dependent on Russian-built, at least 50% of our launches were dependent on Russian rocket engines. Because uh, we, we basically, we paid in the 90s for them to continue uh, with their space program because we were worried about them proliferating uh, knowledge and technology for money to North Korea's uh, Iran, Iraq, even Al-Qaeda. So we were paying for them to basically stay afloat. And then they ended up innovating and uh, getting enmeshed in the global supply chain. And now we have a real threat from Russia in space. It's one of the main areas that Russia can threaten us that's not talked about uh, and should be talked about more. 
Where do they stand, space aside, where do they stand militarily? I mean, we all know Russia's always doing some saber-rattling, doing their stupid flybys. They can push around some smaller countries. But militarily, what are they? Right. Uh, well, they are basically, um, they, they, they have a lot of nukes, obviously, and they have a lot of space and ballistic missile technology. They've built up their cyber warfare capability and obviously their information warfare capability. Um, they are a direct military to military threat. Uh, but I actually don't think ideologically they are the kind of threat that the Soviet Union was, and I certainly don't think the kind of threat that China is. I think actually a lot of what the Russians are doing is sort of chest beating to kind of say, hey, we're still relevant, we're still a big power, and what they really want is for the United States, I think, to treat them with a little bit more respect and dignity. And we tend to kind of ignore the Russian, you know, Russia, what they want in the world. And we sort of do what we're going to do anyway. And so I think actually there's a diplomatic solution here that could ameliorate a lot of the military threat. Uh, whereas with China, they're a totally revanchist power and no amount of diplomacy is going to placate them. Uh, but the more that we ignore Russia, the more likely they are to get closer to China, which is the big threat. A geostrategist going back to the 20th century, Halford Mackinder, warned about a coalition of powers arising on Eurasia, that's Europe and Asia, uh, that could potentially threaten both Britain and the United States uh, because all the resources, the population, they're all on Eurasia for the most part. And uh, so that's the concern that American strategists should have is how do we prevent the Russian-Chinese marriage? And so that's to me is something that we should be talking about. For instance, I think we should be doing joint space missions. NASA and the Russian space program should be doing those are areas of good cooperation that we've had historically with them that have historically been areas we can actually ratchet down the tensions with us in Moscow and maybe even get them to pivot and turn on Beijing. All right, our allies. I, I, I hadn't intended to talk to you about this, by the way, but it's my show. I can talk about whatever I want, Brandon. Britain. <laughs> Everybody knows there was a long period of time where they were the greatest empire in the world, up to World War I, you would probably right. say. You know, famous for the British Navy yep. and whatnot. Where are they? Right. Mil only militarily. Militarily now, where are they? What are they? Well, um, if you're... <laughs> So if you're looking at Britain alone, uh, they're they're a medium-sized power. Uh, they've had a lot of naval problems. They were cutting, cutting, cutting because of their enmeshment in the European Union. Uh, they went from being a very potent naval force to being kind of second rate. Uh, we saw this even though Ooh. before the EU, when it was uh, under Margaret Thatcher, the, the reason they did the Falkland Island War was because they were worried about being perceived as a truly weak power, because even then they were cutting their naval capabilities. Now, though, since Brexit, Boris Johnson and the government there have really focused on reinvigorating their military and their naval capacity. They now have two nuclear-powered aircraft carriers, and they're, they're working on a third. Uh, they're also starting to reinvigorate their previously ailing space program, both civilian and military, and they've always been a potent intelligence actor. Uh, they're a component of the Five Eyes Intel Network, and, and they've been a relatively good ally of ours. And so I would say that without the United States, without NATO, they're a middle power at best. Uh, with their continued alliance with the U.S. Uh, and the fact that they're reinvigorating their, their national military, I would say that they are, as long as they're paired with us in NATO, they are a great power militarily. How much do aircraft carriers matter now? 
I, I know they were huge, obviously, in World War II. I mean, you could argue they helped us win World War yeah. II back then. But I've had yeah. friends of mine, super smart people in the military, say that with the long-range missile capabilities now of countries like China yeah. and Russia, that these aircraft carriers do not have the same value they used to have. Yeah, well, they still have value if for the fact that the Chinese are ramping up the production of their own carriers. But you're right, it's a reduced value. Uh, the hypersonic glide weapons that are being developed, as well as potential space weapons, uh, I think negate a lot of the advantages aircraft carriers once provided. They're still key for power projection purposes, but in the event of God help us an actual war with China particularly, uh, I would be very concerned about the safety and security of those aircraft carriers because they basically provide very big targets on the water for China's long-range missile capabilities. Uh, and so they could actually become a hindrance uh, rather than an aid. I actually think uh, the submarine will be the great uh, force multiplier in any potential conflict between us and China. Uh, that's that's a big threat both posed by China to us and also posed by us to China. Submarine technology. I understand it's advanced a great deal. Where do we stand versus China with our subfleet versus their subfleet? Well, it's one of those things where our submarines are technically far superior to most of the Chinese submarine fleet, but we can't build enough of them. Uh, they're too expensive. And uh, basically, the Chinese can outproduce lesser quality submarines, but because they're fighting so close to home, you know, it really gives it really gives them an advantage. So we have better built stuff, but we can't produce as much because they're so expensive. And our industrial capacity is so weak today compared to what it was even a decade ago that our shipyards have told the Navy they're not able to keep up with the submarine demand that's already being placed on them by the Pentagon. Brandon Weikert, thank you so much for <laughs> dropping some knowledge on us today. Thank you for having me. Be good, man. I I know you think I don't have feelings, and for the most part, that is true. But I would admit something to you. When I am at a baseball game, football game, back before sports were ruined by leftists, I got a little misty every now and then when I look at the flag and I hear the national anthem being played. There's something about the American flag that matters. Maybe that's hokey. Maybe I'm weird. Maybe it's because I used to be a Marine. I, I don't know what it is, but it matters to me. And I like living in an area like I do now where people fly American flags all over the place. It matters, and I think we have a real patriotism deficit in this country. That's why I am thrilled to talk about Atlantic Flag and Pole. They are a family company of patriots, and they have one goal and one goal only. That's to get an American flag flying in every yard in this country, and I think that's freaking awesome. Not only that, they have this Phoenix telescoping pole design, easy to install, and it doesn't wrap your flag. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The flags that just wrap right around the pole as soon as the wind starts blowing. Go to AtlanticFlagPole.com. That's AtlanticFlagPole.com. Go there today. Don't forget to use the code JESSE when you go there. Save yourself 10%. Go get an American-made flagpole. We'll be back.
Joining me now is a columnist from the Washington Examiner and author of the book Privilege Victims, Eddie Scary. Eddie, I say Joe Biden obviously has a lot of problems. That's not exactly news, but I think his biggest problem is nobody in America knows what his campaign is actually about because it's not about anything. Is that just my own personal bias or am I right? No, I think that's exactly right. And I wrote this last week at the Washington Examiner. Um, watching <laughs> the, the, the speeches, and I watched all of them. That's I'm paid to do it. Um, but, you know, everyone loved Michelle Obama's speech. But I thought actually the best speech was Bill Clinton. Um, and he raved about this candidate who was ready to roll up his sleeves, come in, get the job done. And yet no one knows who that candidate is. <laughs> we have not seen Joe Biden. We have not seen that Joe Biden. And it's very strange to hear... Um, the, the, this, these accolades, this laudatory speech about someone who I, I'd love to meet that person, and yet we have been, we, uh, not just me, but nobody knows where that candidate is. So hiding and, and as much as he might and, and maybe working for a while, but eventually we are going to have to see who, the, who Democrats actually nominated, and um, <laughs> that, that's going to be what matters. Do Democrats think we have to see Eddie? And this is what I mean by this. I, I see the campaign they're running, and you're right. Obviously, they have him stashed in the basement, and I, I, everyone assumes there are some health reasons for that. But do the Democrats know that he has to get out there, or are they under their impression they can just punt this football all the way to the Oval Office? Well, that's why they're talking more and more about, um, I, I think it's more so their, their liberal friends in the media who keep talking about um, you know, if Trump commits to releasing his taxes or something to that effect. Um, but no, if, if they really think that they're going to go all the way to Election Day without uh, without voters actually being exposed to the person they that they think is um, going to save the day, that's just not going to happen. Voters do need to see who it is. Um, and if they don't, if they don't see it, there's the, the people they're counting on to turn out and vote just aren't going to do it. Okay, that's what Joe Biden needs to do, or, or we think he should do. What does Trump need to do? Because here's, here's what I'm worried about as well. Shoes on the other foot. I'm worried the Trump campaign thinks they can just punt this football for the next two months. It's not that they're giving me that impression, but I really get wary of that. People get in power. They get real comfortable. They look at Joe Biden. He's faltering. And, ah, oh, we don't have to stand for anything. What should Trump be standing for right now? Right, and I understand the, the, the situation that they're in. Trump is the one who actually has to be governing. He's been kicked back on, onto his heels with this virus, with the, the Black Lives Matter stuff. Um, but he is. He's going to have to do a really good job of basically defining um, defining the opposition. And I write about a lot about this in Privileged Victims. I've been writing about it at the Washington Examiner. It is going to be about making Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, the Democratic ticket, own what's going on with, um, with the Black Lives Matter stuff, the arson, the rioting the looting, the vandalism, all of that is, 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 is fair game. And they're ready. They're ready to own it because they'll excuse it for anything. Um, and yet Trump himself has not been the one to make them own this issue. He's going to have to push that. I think that's his best bet. Um, he seems to know it. I think when he was doing his, his interview with Sean Hannity, he indicated he understands that, you know, people kind of like cops. They're not ready to defund the police. Um, but he, he so far has not made a big issue out of this. We still have some time before the election, so we'll see what he does. Kamala Harris, we all, everybody loves to make fun of the Democrat vice presidential pick because let's be honest, anybody Joe Biden picked, we thought we were going to think is going to be some kind of psychopath. But in Democrat circles, <laughs> does she help him? Does she hurt him? I mean, she is, she is a woman. I, I realize she has some charisma problems. She comes off as fake. She's a woman. She looks good. She speaks well. Does she really hurt him? 
Well, you say that we like to laugh at it. I was the only one, that, at least among conservatives that I talked to, who was not laughing about Kamala Harris, and I thought that was that that was going to be, I believed his pick, and I believed it was his smartest pick. Um, and it's it's mainly because of three things, as superficial as anyone might say, but the average voter probably votes in a su superficial way. Um, is a woman, is black, uh, which the Democrats could not sp could not recreate what happened in 2016, where they where Hillary Clinton lost, saw six six to seven percent. It was his best bet. Eddie Scary, Washington Examiner. Thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. Thank you. What if I told you there was a 543-acre, 40-bed facility out there providing treatment to hurting veterans, veterans struggling with mild traumatic brain injury, veterans struggling with PTSD, veterans struggling with abuse, alcohol, and drugs? That's what Warriors Heart Foundation does. They get these guys out there and they give them peer-to-peer -peer counseling. They can do outpatient things if they need it. They get them sober if they need it. They are actually stepping up and bringing these veterans into the fold. I have never been as supportive of a veterans aid organization as I am a Warriors Heart Foundation because of that mission. What's better than stepping up and helping the guys who went and fought for us? Go. Go to warriorsheart.com slash the first that's warriorsheart.com slash the first. And if you're a veteran or know a veteran who's hurting, they have a 24-hour hotline. 24 hours, and a warrior will answer the phone if you call. 866-950-0636. That's 866-950-0636. Call if you're hurting. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait another 10 minutes. Pick up the phone right now and call. I'll be here. We'll be back. I had previously thought less of dance. Now, I understand you may be a dancer. And I, I, look, I, my wife dances. People like to dance. I just never thought it was what dancers think it is. She used to watch this stupid dancing show on TV, and they'd talk all the time about the power of dance and power of... What power? You're moving around to music. I don't, I've never understood that. But granted, I'm a soulless monster. That was then. Then I saw this video something about feminism dancing or feminist dancing and i tell you i've changed my mind this is going to move mountains <laughs> It's called postmodern feminist dance. That is, uh, it's powerful stuff. We'll see you tomorrow.
On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money, Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.